Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. So this is weird. Yeah. The NSA is watching us. They're, but, they're always But like we have the that. camera open. I know. It's so hard just not like looking yeah, at like, myself the whole hi. time. What? 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 We are uh, broadcasting live on the internet yep. right now. Streaming live from Hollywood, California. Yeah. Technically Culver City. Technically Culver City. We have Jaslyn watching us from yeah. High Expectations. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I'm like stunned into silence. Yeah. That's so- rare. <laughs> so she's watching us unedited. Normally, I edit out so much more of my laughing. So there's going to be like 50% more laughing for me. 50% more. Ge- that's like 50% that's- more tangents from Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I don't have to talk about Trump today. No, it's our birthday. Yeah. We're getting older. It's not Boom. podcast birthday. We always explain this every year. Our birthday. It's our birthday. Because apparently fate intervened mm-hmm. and we were born in the same week. That's right. Different years. I but mean, the same week. The same week. So It does. It counts. It counts. Fate intervened, Justine. Okay. Yeah. yeah and since we have a bi-weekly podcast, yeah. this, is, this is the time to celebrate. So yeah. happy birthday. Hi. Happy birthday. <laughs> okay. What's our podcast about? Oh, our podcast is a, it's about Rome romance romance like comedy <laughs> things that we are not well versed in apparently yeah whatevs our dorkiness is just cute and charming oh that's our brand that's our brand <laughs> cute and charming every day uh, all today i'm just gonna say what our brand is and swarly swarly swirling what is the word swarthy swords Swar- no like we we're we're swashbuckling cursy chicks Okay, we're pirates. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in my peg leg that I'm going to get because I'm not in the union. <laughs> I forgot about that. I just like telling jokes that nobody else will get but you. <laughs> uh, what are we watching today, Justine? <laughs> I did a terrible job explaining what our podcast is. Go on the internet. <laughs> Go to the Twitter. We're 105 episodes in. Yeah. If you don't know what it is now. Can't help you. Yeah. (laughs) Today we're watching 2001's America's Sweethearts and continuing our January celebration. Happy January. (laughs) Happy January. I love that he's not in the starring. I know. (laughs) So disappointed. I was just like, shit, it's a Julia Roberts movie. Fuck you, Netflix. (laughs) No, we really love you, Netflix. I, I I genuinely appreciate you. This is on the internet. I have to say these things because, you know, I sometimes work for Netflix. So, mm-hmm. you know, thank you, Netflix. Oh, yeah. I but also, for- fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I have a movie on Netflix now, too. You do. Yeah. Uh, see? We love you, Netflix. <laughs> but get better descriptions. Yeah. Okay. So here's the, the information from Netflix. Masking a particularly nasty split. A movie star power couple put on a happy face for the press while promoting their latest film. This sounds like one of the Tom Hanks stories that I just listened to. Really? Yeah, he's like he he's an actor on a press tour and like shitty things happen with the actress. I don't want to give anything away, but that's it's really fun. Everyone should download Tom Hanks book. Mm-hmm. 
It's a collection of short stories written by him. It's got a typewriter on the front because, you know, Tom Hanks loves typewriters. And um, it's read by Tom Hanks in the audiobook. Nice. And it's lovely and lovely. And, you know, you hear things that you have always wanted Tom Hanks to say, like tits and ass and fuck. All the things that we say on the podcast. All the things that we say on, on the podcast, yeah. And he says it in such a beautiful way. So this movie stars Julia Roberts, who we watched in Pretty Woman, My Best Friend's Wedding, Runaway Bride, and Notting Hill. Holy shit, yeah, Julia. Yeah, I think she's going to be like our actress of the year this year. Yeah, probably. It also stars Billy Crystal, who we saw in The Princess Bride and When Harry Met Sally, and he was a co-writer of this film. Oh, this could be a funny film. Yeah, this movie also stars Catherine Zeta-Jones, who we just watched in High Fidelity. Paired with John Cusack, who's also in this movie. <laughs> He's in it. Yeah. According to her. Trust me. I trust you. You have a PhD. Yep. This is directed by Joe Roth, who was a producer on While You Were Sleeping. The creepiest Sandra Bullock movie ever. It's so good. It was good, but it was also creepy. I loved it. I think about it. <laughs> I'd watch it again. Anyway. This movie was edited by Stephen A. Rotter, who edited What Women Want. Ugh. And he brought along his two first AEs, Laura Lee Bong and Rolf Fleischman. And he's got a whole cadre of assistant editors. He's got like, this is this is like Santa. <laughs> he's like, let's go Donner and Blitzen and blah, 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 blah. It's We've like got those assistant editors. Daniel Craven, Roger Fenton, Yuri Katoni, Linda Schubel Sundlin, and Joelle Tarr. I don't think I've ever seen that many assistant editors. Except for in um Practical Magic. Oh, except for Practical Magic, <laughs> yeah. But like that's a lot. Were they editing like on film and on digital? It's it's very highly probable. Okay. That would make sense. Yeah. This movie is rated PG-13 for language, some crude, and sexual humor. Yes. <laughs> it's an hour and 43 minutes, and it's rated three stars on DVD.com because Netflix doesn't have ratings anymore. Can I also tell you, I know some people are very hyped that we watch like all Netflix streaming movies in chronological order. Netflix has made it harder yep. to do so yep. the way they change their website like if you go to romantic comedies it now first separates romance movies by different genres unless you go there is a way you can still do it you have to like watch them you have to put them all in the different view not list view yeah and then you could arrange them by year released it's very difficult it's very difficult to get to now you can't just go click click romantic comedies and there's not a lot of stuff on uh, Netflix anymore, anymore, except for Bollywood films. So, I mean, we have our list, and I don't think it's going to change must, much. No. We've been cultivating this list for a while. Yeah. And just uh, things are, I don't know, Netflix. Because Justine is prepared. Yes. When I say we, I mean her. <laughs> You're like, what are we watching? And I was like, I'll tell you what we're watching for the yep. next six years. Six years. She's <laughs> like ahead of the game. <laughs> I, on the other hand, am, am terribly lazy. No, but Compared then... to your work with the podcast, <laughs> I am terribly lazy. Yeah, but I always consult you, like, what order do we watch things in? Yeah. Most you... of the time, I'm like, I've never heard of these movies. I'll just pick <laughs> by the title. You're like, this one sounds good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's That's all the information on America's Sweethearts. It is currently streaming on Netflix here in the U.S., 
I don't know what else to do. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> That's the whole thing now. When there's video aspects, you're just yeah. like, suddenly I move my hands a lot. Yep. <laughs> we just do robots. <laughs> yeah, you can see I just, you know. We get to see when you do this now. <laughs> she does all the time, but you never know. And it's just me going like, ah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Amazing. I think we should uh, watch the movie now. We're going to go watch the movie. If I can find the remote. Yeah, it's right there. Oh We're going to stop recording and watch. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. When Justine has the snow leopard on her head, we will begin our review. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so so what's your first impression of the movie? I thought the movie was cute. I didn't think it was like good. It's like on the verge of like, yeah, it was good. I mean, but not like good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I found quite it quite enjoyable, bit. but I'd watch it again. Mm, I don't know if I'd watch it again. I'd definitely watch it again. To me, it's a lot of effort. <laughs> I I deeply enjoyed it. I don't know why. Because it's not like the greatest thing in the world. And there's some themes in it that I'm like, nah, bro. Not really sure I was feeling. I mean, it's just like too complicated and stressed out for me. And I'm like, ugh. Oh, that's just li- like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because... I've experienced producers like this. No, I mean, like, I'm not talking about the Hollywood portion. Oh. The Hollywood portion I'm fine with. It's the the relationship portion where... Oh, I didn't fucking care about the relationship, <laughs> like, parts of it. Like, I thought those were, like, little afterthoughts to the, the actual poking fun at Hollywood kind of way. Yeah, the poking fun at Hollywood I liked. It's just, like, so much stress of, like, John Cusack and Catherine Zeta-Jones and Julia Roberts. I'm like, ugh. Well, it's because you've got your, it's a trope. It's a stereotype of actors dating other actors and then, you know, falling in love and getting married and then being angry at one another because they were acting the entire time of their dating life and now they actually have to be real people. Mm -hmm. And then John Cusack has to be a real person after going to the wellness center. (laughs) It started out good for me. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I I definitely want to watch it again just to see, like, if that is just... The Hollywood stuff, because that's what I feel like it is. I feel like the Hollywood stuff and Billy Crystal Crystal was so good that it like overrides all of the the romantic comedy stuff. Hmm. I don't know. It just didn't have like a super a lot of depth. <laughs> I like the Hollywood portion though. Maybe it's because I don't really expect a lot of depth from what we're watching, mm-hmm. and that's like a ingrained bias on romantic comedy genre in general it's not supposed to be taken so seriously to me it reminded me a lot of just like a episode of friends or like a season of friends it's very friends vibe to me i could see that i don't know there's like some satirical aspect of it that that it reminds me of something where it's just it's a movie chock full of satire and i normally really enjoy Things that I don't have to take 100% seriously. I like movies where I have to think and I like movies, you know, that. But this is a type of movie that I would sit down and like have on in the background while I'm knitting or, or something like because I it make it made me genuinely laugh. Mm-hmm. Like you can roll. You can roll the tape. <laughs> we have video evidence. Yes. And and that's sometimes very rare. 
especially in formulaic movies. I didn't feel like this movie followed a this typical formula, mm-hmm. which was nice. And I really liked that they made the actors over dramatic. I love when movies about actors make them so over the top over dramatic. And then you can tell that the the actors playing the actors in the movie like are having so much fun with it. Mm-hmm. Because there are there are actors in Hollywood who are like that. Who are way over the top dramatic and, you know, behind the scenes are not what their public persona is. So I liked it. Yeah. A lot of great cameos. Oh, yes. Like, in, in cameos that weren't even, like, cameos at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, Seth Green. Mm-hmm. With a shaved head. Why? His head was shaved. Yeah, because he probably had, like, punk hair. I mean, that's what he usually had. Yeah, but why not just leave it and just be, like, the punk kid who, like, got a job in Hollywood because of nepotism? Yeah. He didn't even know who, bre- like, Breakfast at Tiffany's at all. Mm-hmm. But that was great. There's Larry King. Mm-hmm random rain wilson mm-hmm. which wasn't expecting that at all he was creepy yeah i loved it yeah um Alan christopher Arkin. walken oh, yeah, christopher walken <laughs> stole the show he was in two scenes mm-hmm. it was great stanley tucci alan arkin mm-hmm. alan arkin was also great life is a cookie life is a cookie <laughs> i'm gonna take that as a yes <laughs> As I need that on a pillow. What do you think of the theme of all for the good of the movie? Was that a theme? They were doing anything, anything. At least that's what Billy Crystal, his first motivation before he hits, you know, regretting it. It's all for the good of the movie. Because, I mean, it was a way over the top version of what it is Mm -hmm. today. And what it's like. I mean publicists do anything and everything to to make sure things don't get out to hurt certain movies to be honest i'm surprised like for what they did for all the money in the world this year Mm -hmm. like how the studio allowed reshoots because normally i mean it's ridley scott so he has a little bit more clout but that wouldn't fly yeah it costs a lot of money well, especially now that we know what Mark Wahlberg cost mm-hmm. just for eight days. It's interesting. But I didn't take it so seriously. Like I said, I just felt like the movie was just being an over-the-top kind of satirical version to kind of play commentary, make commentary on mm-hmm. how Hollywood is or what Hollywood could be or is behind the scenes, I guess, is the better thing. But yeah. And, I mean, you got the insider Billy Crystal writing it, you know? Yeah. He wanted to originally play Eddie, like he wrote it for himself, and to direct it, but was convinced otherwise. Yeah, no, I think he's he was good. He's always so good at these side characters. Mm-hmm. Like when he was Miracle Max in uh, The Princess Bride, he's so fucking good. Because mm-hmm. that's what you remember. You remember Miracle Max. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like I remember Lee. From this movie. I felt like he was the main character, but also kind of the side character driving the the plot. He's kind of like the puck character, kind of, you know. He is the puppet master. Yeah. But he's also, like, questioning it. And he Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily like what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's changes on the horizon. In the beginning, I was rooting for Catherine Zeta-Jones' character because they were acting really shitty towards her. Mm -hmm. And everyone was blaming her for the breakup. And 
you know, maybe it was a shitty situation. It sounded like it was a shitty situation for both of them and it was good that it ended. Mm-hmm. But like no one was taking that into it's it's exactly kind of like the me like the way we don't see we only see a mirror image of something so it's all kind of distorted as the public we don't see what's actually going on with these relationships and we immediately place blame on someone right yeah like fucking no reason at all how everybody placed blame on jennifer lawrence for chris pratt and anna ferris breaking up Really? That happened? Yeah. Like, Twitter exploded blaming Jennifer Lawrence. They're saying that because of passengers, Anna felt it felt like Chris was cheating on her. So, therefore, that's why Anna felt the need to break up. So, oh, it's Jennifer Lawrence's fault. Oh. When actually we don't know. We right. have no idea. Fame could have changed Chris Pratt. Yeah. We don't know. Like... Maybe she liked the little existence of not, you know, being kind of famous, but kind of not and being able to take care of their son and not have all this attention and and everything. And then everything changed because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm. So maybe there's just something more there and they do still genuinely care about one another. At least that's what they portray in the press. And Chris is very supportive and constantly always promoting her shit and she's promoting his shit so like everybody just leave jennifer lawrence out of it like just why so that's like at the beginning i was like oh fuck really want Catherine zeta jones to like be okay and successful and happy and and not a bitch and then she's a bitch yeah she's like the quintessential actress stereotype of everything is done for her to the point that she even has her sister break up with people for Mm -hmm. her and like that's not okay yeah like the line where julia's like would you do this for on your own or something she's like i don't do anything on my own yeah and she doesn't do anything for herself she always has other people do everything for her yeah yeah i feel like it could have done a little deep dive on that as well but it it's is totally passable being more surface superficial yeah this movie worked well for being stock characters Mm -hmm. in my opinion like this if you're gonna do stock characters or or you're not really going to do like a deep in-depth thing and it's just gonna be satirical comedy and kind of some slapstick thrown in this is kind of how you have to go with it nowadays you can't be over the top with the the satire and you can't be um you can't undercut the comedy you can't Mm -hmm. you can't go over the top with satire and you can't undercut the comedy because when you have a happy balance of that Mm -hmm. people will be entertained Mm -hmm. we want the people to be entertained yes i guess i was entertained I i was entertained there was some ridiculous shit that happened in this movie mm-hmm. that would never really happen in real life. Right. But I loved the kind of, I don't want to say whimsical because it wasn't really whimsical, but the, the fantastical kind of aspect of it. Yeah. Like there are a bunch of fantasy scenes or flashbacks yeah. or remembering. And then that kind of stopped after a while. Well, it stopped after he realized that he was idolizing a fantasy of her. Mm hmm. Which was nice. I I thought that that was a really nice motif to kind of bring that emotion into it. Mm -hmm. But they still did like flashbacks of like when Kiki was fat. Yeah, that I didn't need. Right. That's what really felt like. I'm like, this is like an episode of Friends. (laughs) 
though. See, I didn't watch a lot of Friends. Uh, was it Monica? Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of Monica loving on Chandler back in the 80s vibes. <laughs> it, it didn't need the, the fat suit humor. Yeah. And then you had Hank Azaria with his Spanish accent. <laughs> I was amused. Like, I know, I know how wrong it is. And I, and today we have a, I think he has come out and sort of addressed it. Mm-hmm. And we as a society have addressed how wrong and appropriated that is and how we shouldn't find that funny. Yeah. But growing up with it, it's just kind of, I guess, in, ingrained for it to not matter as much as some other, th- I don't know. Yeah. I know it, it matters. I'm not, I'm not trying to undercut that. I am just saying like, this is like where the bias kind of comes in where, where social programming steps in and your brain kind of is like, Oh yeah, this is bad, but I'm also entertained. Yeah. This movie had a lot of balance between like cheap, cheap humor and then some other sort of highbrow humor Mm -hmm. with like the Hollywood stuff. Yeah. So to me, this movie didn't exactly know what it was. So it tried a little bit of everything. I can see that. I feel like that's where my, main struggle is where i'm like i kind of wanted to be this way but it still worked but it it, you know it's just because it kind of tested a little bit of everything yeah whereas i'm like i i kind of liked that aspect of it Mm -hmm. because being behind the scenes in hollywood is fucking messy and not everybody knows who they are Mm -hmm. and that creates more of a mess and, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until it finally, like, breaks or somebody does something about it. I.e. Harvey Weinstein. Mm, there it is. But I enjoyed it. Like, I've worked for producers that were that nuts. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I worked for. I've just, I've worked for some very neurotic kind of characters that, you know, you, you get a little obsessed about these little itty bitty like minutia things mm-hmm. that don't in the end matter oh, yeah. at all that's hollywood yeah. getting obsessed with the tiny little details yeah <laughs> that is 100 percent hollywood <laughs> where you're just like who the fuck cares no one's gonna Nobody notice cares. so let's get into the plot to the plot which i didn't write down as much as i normally write down it's a very easy plot uh, we liked the intro, right? With yes. the, the storybook. Oh my god, that was the best use of a storybook ever in an adult romantic comedy. <laughs> like, I was for it. In it. I normally hate it mm-hmm. with a passion mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, let's go back to your childhood, little ones, and watch with Snow White. And No, this was a sizzle reel. Yeah, this was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was all like their little Hallmarky moments. Yes. The doctor with the baseball player Mm -hmm. where she was wearing her stethoscope all wrong. And I was just like, oh, yes. (laughs) And you could see her bra. Yes. Get it, Catherine (laughs) Zeta-Jones. Just, you know, somewhat sexual assault that patient of yours. (laughs) What did you think of Catherine Zeta-Jones in this movie? Since we weren't completely in favor of her in High Fidelity. I hated her, but I thought that I hated her in a good way. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like she was a much better actress in this movie. I, yeah, I felt well acted. Yeah, like, she definitely was playing 
the satire up and i think she did really well with satire which Mm -hmm. i was a little concerned about considering how she wasn't very good in high fidelity Mm -hmm. like she's so over the top in high fidelity but i guess it was more subtle and turned turned down here Mm -hmm. like she was still over the top but it fit what they were asking her of her yeah yeah it worked yeah okay so eddie and gwen which i kept forgetting their names I don't like the names Eddie and Gwen for them. I don't either. Eddie fits for him, but Gwen doesn't fit for her. Mm-mm. Especially since her sister's name is Kiki. Yeah, I know Like they originally pitched the main role to Julia and she took the Kiki role. Because she was just tired of being a whiny actress? I don't know. I liked... Man, we were in love with Julia and the the ponytail and glasses. Yes. Yes, girl. She rocked those. Mm-hmm. It was so much better with that. Like, then when she tried to, like, glam it up, and I'm like, stop, yeah. Julia, stop. Stepmom Julia. Yeah. All the way, stepmom Julia. Just those cat eye glasses look fierce on her. She works them. Mm-hmm. Like, not everybody can work cat eye glasses. Sometimes it looks cheesy and not right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But not her. She looked good. Mm-hmm. No, but she just looked like Lisa Loeb. And you know I love Lisa Loeb. Yeah. I've got a crush on her. But, it like, didn't it soften her care like, her a little bit? Yeah. To the point where I felt like she was accessible? Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, this is the Julia I could sit down and have a conversation with mm-hmm. and curse with. And she wouldn't judge me. Yeah. So we meet uh, Lee, Billy Crystal's character, Lee. He's the publicist. Um, he's been fired. I'm not really sure about the beginning because I'm trying to figure out who's who and who's got what job. So he doesn't have his job. Yeah, they should have just made Billy Crystal like just the normal publicist, and then Seth uh, Seth Green was his assistant, not mm-hmm. his replacement. He was his replacement. Yeah, I didn't get that. Well, it's because he's cheaper and younger. Mm. Ageism, another Hollywood. Maybe it's just a Hollywood trope because that happens a lot. Yeah. So he's asked to a screening with Stanley Tucci, who's the uh, head of the studio, who is the best. Yeah. Uh, no, here's the new Eddie and Gwen movie. And he just rolls the credits, and that's it. It's just credits, and just the film's missing. And this Christopher Walken character, Hal, has been editing it. Like, he's took the film to his Mm. own... His edit hut. His own edit hut, which he bought from the Unabomber. Yeah, which was great. That was a great Unabomber joke. Yeah. And so it's just Christopher Walken sitting in front of a flatbed, Mm -hmm. which is ginormous. If you've never seen a flatbed, just look it up it's flatbed edit system Mm -hmm. gigantic in a hut in his backyard yeah so no one will see the film until the press sees it at the junket which they're super worried about yeah so billy crystal gets sent on this journey to get his hands on the film so he comes up with a plan to get eddie and gwen back together so that the press of them getting back together will overshadow whatever debacle the film will be because they don't know what the film is going to look like, but it hasn't been tested or anything, so anything is going to be bad. So Lee uses this to bargain for his job back, and then he plans the junket weekend. Yeah. Uh, we meet Julia Roberts, who's Kiki. Kiki. Who is Gwen's sister slash assistant her whole life. 
there on Larry King. Another Larry King cameo. I was really confused why she would be on Larry King. Yeah, she had nothing to sell. She's just there talking about her extramarital affair. John Cusack is seeking guru help. Guru Alan Arkin. Guru, guru Alan Arkin. With long, luscious hair. His beautiful hair. Because oh, he's had a mental so breakdown. Gorgeous. Well, yeah, his mental breakdown was apparently him driving his motorcycle into a Chinese restaurant at Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm-hmm. Attempting to murder her. Which was that? I don't, like, why did it, she kept saying that he tried to murder her, but really he didn't. He just drove his shit into the, the window over their table. I mean, I guess she could have died. Yeah. You could frame that as a murder attempt. Maybe if he had a gun mm. and shot into the window, I could see that. I don't know. No, it's the same. It's like running somebody over on the street. It's, yeah, but that's ven- vehicular manslaughter. Yeah. So he, he'd be manslaughter. It wouldn't be murder. Yes, but she's not going to say manslaughter. I guess. I don't know. I just felt like she was really overdramatic about it. Well, that's her character. I know. I'm I'm trying not to downplay things. <laughs> Oh, but during that scene, John Cusack's in the rain. The end. Um, he's he's been at, he was in the rain twice. He was in the rain at this point, and then he at the at the end mm-hmm. when he reveals that he's a space cop, or not a space <laughs> cop, a future cop, time cop, time cop. Lee tries to get Eddie to go, and then that works. He agrees to go, and then Lee talks to Gwen. She refuses. Hector also wants Gwen to go, and then. Kiki goes to talk to her sister. Gwen is so self-involved that they just kind of use the motivation of, you'll win back some goodwill with the audience. Yeah. At this point, we're totally getting vibes. Kiki loves Eddie. Yeah. She loves her sister's husband. For sure. Well, estranged husband. She loves John Cusack. Who doesn't? (laughs) I don't like modern John Cusack. I haven't really liked any of his movies so far. Aww. Except for maybe The Martian Kid. I thought that was cute. Oh, I haven't seen that. Creeping on Jack Cusack. He's still making movies. <laughs> um, This was an interesting scene. What do you think of the, the on the way to the junket, deciding who goes first or second? Oh my God, I loved it <laughs> so much. Especially when John Cusack is just like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Throwing pills. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite bit when you just see the shot of (laughs) Billy Crystal standing there and pills fly out of the window. (laughs) And he's like, what's happening? And John Hughes is like, I don't care. It's an interesting kind of to track the personal wellness of John Cusack's character through the film. And it's just like... Is he is he okay? <laughs> are any actors okay? <laughs> are they? Are, is he gonna be okay? You think he's gonna be okay? I think he's gonna be fine. Okay. I feel like he's just done with like her manipulative bullshit. Mm. That it's just driven him mad. You know. Yeah. 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 I get that. Yeah. So arrival at the junket. Cusack's really unhinged. <laughs> just a little. He goes to go spy on Gwen. And uh, 
he, you know, hops the fence enough to see someone walking by the pool who he thinks is Gwen. With the beautiful, like, dry iced hot tub. Mm -hmm. That was lovely. And then he falls off the fence and lands crotch first into a cactus. Into a cactus. Got some cactus spurs in his dick. Mm -hmm. On the security footage, it looks like he's outside of her. He's wanking it. Yep. And he's just pulling off prickers. Mm -hmm. That's what they call it now. Yep. Pulling up pricker. She's going to go pop. (laughs) Spurs. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the pointing. (laughs) What was with the pointing? That's what you do when you're super famous. You just point at, like, random things. (laughs) Supposedly pointing at people, like, I know you. No, I don't. (laughs) Yes. You. Hi. <laughs> Look at that wall. <laughs> <laughs> Some spurs for everyone. <laughs> That's just how I'm going to enter the room. For now. <laughs> so many dick jokes on this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's in the movie. It's in the movie. There's dick jokes in the movie. But then when they goes to the news. They've added sound effects. Like, they went down to their local porn <laughs> stop and, like, recorded a guy going, oh, oh, no, yeah. no. They were playing off, like, the security cameras can pick up audio. I guess. That was dumb. That was dumb. I thought that they looped someone. Okay. So, Cactus Dick. <laughs> Cactus Dick, John Cusack. <laughs> Cactus Dick starring John Cusack. <laughs> John Cusack. John Cusack. Uh, yeah, the tape gets released, and we soon see, yeah, Lee did it on purpose. Yeah. He's he's trying to cause some sensationalism that will distract from the no movie. Gwen wants to talk to Eddie, so she sends Kiki, and then Kiki has a little flashback of when they talked last, and we see some of the, the fat suit flashbacks for a female fat suit it was actually really well done Mm -hmm. it was tasteful it wasn't like the big mama movies oh it was it was tasteful it was not well it's only supposed to be 60 pounds i don't that looked like more than 60 pounds i don't know in the present day he's supposed to spend the rest of his life with the woman he saw by the pool and we know now yeah well, not now, like now here, but like now in the movie, the audience is aware that that is actually Kiki. It was not Gwen. Yeah. So they set up a little get together. Pretty much he's like, Gwen wants to see you. So they meet in secret. Secret meeting. In a car. She asks Eddie if he's been fooling around with yeah. anybody. Or he f- fooled around with anybody on the last movie. Yeah. Did you did you fool around with the girl who played your daughter? And he's mm-hmm. like, what? No. Do actors really, like, have these questions? Is this a concern? They're married. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, on set. Like, is that, like, a big deal? To not keep it professional? No, like, where the spouse, like, starts freaking out that... It's a part of the biz. You gotta be secure, especially actors. Yeah. I I just I don't know if it's a thing. I wonder if it's a thing, or if it's just a stereotype that Billy Crystal is analyzing in this movie. Mm. What what you trying to say, Billy Crystal? What are you trying to say, Billy Crystal? <laughs> so there's this photo released of them close in proximity, 
where it looks because like... she was opening the door to push him out. Yeah, but, but it looks like they were kissing, hugging, in an embrace. Like, like, huh? Like they put on movie posters where the woman is like all submissive and shit, mm-hmm. and is like mouth slightly open, <laughs> where you know, you, to women it looks like she's a dead fish. <laughs> to guys, apparently, it's sexy. Yeah, but anyway. The press junket. I think this is my favorite press junket movie that we've seen. We've we've had a few press junkets mm-hmm. in in rom coms, and I think this one's my Notting favorite. Hill to be specific. Yes, the Notting Hill one was fucking awful. It was so fucking long. Yeah, and nothing was funny. No, this one was really good. This was hilarious, and the movie looked like it would actually like sell and make money. Mm-hmm. I want to see that movie. I want to see that movie. I want Catherine Zeta-Jones' hat. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning with the feather. Mm-hmm. I really need to go to the millinery. Yes. Like, I just go and just have, like, my brain would explode mm-hmm. from, like, sheer hat orgasms. <laughs> no, I want one of the... I just... I, I know. I want... Let's go. Okay. I want a makeover where I become Holly Golightly. Okay. With that We're big gonna ass do hat. a hat montage. Okay, thank you. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I'm cheering myself on. <laughs> Jaslyn really wants the hat montage. Jaslyn. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Um, Gwen is so dependent on Kiki. Blah 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 blah. So there's a uh, dinner. Gwen won't go down to dinner, so Kiki goes. Kiki look hot. Yeah. Kiki and Eddie have a good time. It's just like, I think you're supposed to be like, oh, Eddie's so much more normal when he's around Kiki. It's yeah. like subtle. It's very subtle difference. Yeah. He's acting when he's with Gwen. Mm-hmm. But he's a normal fucking dude. Though he was so nice when he like was in the hotel room and they were talking about their kiss the night that Gwen broke up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like... You know, I'm really sorry. I took advantage of you. I was a little drunk and I went, I stepped over the line and I just want you to like really know how sorry I am. Yeah. Can you forgive me? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this day and age. <laughs> yeah. Right now. We need more of that. Be more like John Cusack. Yes. Be more like <laughs> John Cusack. That's what I've been saying. Just not in high fidelity. January. Happy January. <laughs> you wait until next, next time. We go one more. <laughs> Got another John. Got another one. Another Cusack. <laughs> Will Joan be in this one? I really missed Joan. Oh. I really wanted Joan to just show up randomly. There was Anne Cusack. Yeah. But that's not as good as Joan. Not <laughs> Cusack favoritism. Joan is a patron saint of the podcast. That's she true. just doesn't know it. And we're not going to see Joan on the podcast like ever again. <gasps> no! High Fidelity was the last one? Oh, that doesn't do Joan justice. Not unless we do a flashback. We have to find a Joan flashback then for our birthday next year. Okay. Jaslyn, write this down. She agrees. More Joan. She says <laughs> January next year. January. Okay. I agree. <laughs> okay. Where was I? The dinner? The dinner. The dinner. The dinner. So uh, Kiki and Eddie are having a good time. All flirty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Hector shows up, right? No, first Gwen shows up. Yeah, Gwen shows up and interrupts their sexy dinner. Mm-hmm. She's like, you can leave now. Bye, bitch. 
And then Hector shows up. And then there's a brawl. That ends with John Cusack getting smacked in the face with a tray. Yeah. And Kiki takes care of him. I love the shot where he's on the floor. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can feel my nose in the back of my throat. And then he goes... <laughs> That's acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So she takes him to take care of him, put ice on his face, and and then he starts kissing on her, and he's like, "Cause he's a man and he just wants to be taken care of." And then they spend the night together. Yes. And then when they wake up. He's so adorable. (laughs) Oh, with the sheet. Yeah. Oh, my God. The sheet. Oh, it was so precious. She was trying to hide her bad breath. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've all been there except for me because I give no fucks. But, (laughs) you know, and then it's just like, you know, he does it, too, and he hides his face behind the sheet, and he's like, okay, I'm going to make you breakfast now. And she's like, okay, can I use your toothbrush? Mm -hmm. And it's so fucking precious, and then he kisses her through the sheet, and Mm -hmm. it's just, ugh. It's cute. It's very cute. You're just like, I Ah! ship them forever. It's like ovaries explode. Yeah. Glitter on the inside. Yeah. You feel warm and fuzzy. You just want all the happiness in the life. But then he gets a call from Gwen and then he starts hiding the situation. Like, no, don't come here. I'll go over there. Like a bitch. Not like a boss. Like a bitch. Mm -hmm. So then Kiki's just like, I'm out. Nope. I'm out. Nope. Out, bitches. Bah. Julia Roberts drops the mic. Bye. Mm-hmm. So then Eddie at Gwen's, and Gwen is ordering Kiki around, and Eddie's like, could you not, not do that? <laughs> the kitchen, st- like, with her, like, listening in over mm-hmm. the kitchen and sliding across the marble was great, too. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is like, uh, Julia Roberts needs to do more physical comedy. Yeah, I think this has been Julia's best since Pretty Woman. Yeah. 100%. Yes. She was crap and everything else. Yeah. Well, and if you compare her to the other acting movie, Notting Hill, she's just downright terrible. Ugh. In that. She's such like a wet fish in Notting Hill. <laughs> she doesn't exist. She is like only there for what's his face is pleasure. Mm hmm. She is like the epitome of Manic Pixie Dream Girl without the Manic or the Pixie. She's like, blah, blah, blah. 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 blah blah. I'm a girl standing in front of a boy <sighs> asking him to remember the line. <laughs> anyway, she's good in this movie. Yes. And so she's making eggs and he and, and Gwen again. I keep wanting to call Gwen Kiki. <laughs> it would make more sense. Yeah. Because Kiki is an actress's name. Yeah. So Gwen is on him again about like... Or at least be Gwyneth. Yeah. Are you seeing someone? And he's like, no, not technically. (laughs) And then uh, Kiki... Kiki's like, what did he say? Gwen yells it back. I thought that was great too. I like that. That they're they're such a trio. They're in all of each other's business. Yeah. Like, that's how it's always No one cares about anything. Yeah. Except for him because he's like wanting to play both sides. He's semi trying to be a delicate in the situation yeah he's trying to like prevent a gwen meltdown crazy town yeah crazy ex-girlfriend situation yeah i mean like i get it like why he didn't want 
maybe he needed to like clarify his own kind of feelings first and sort out the situation with Gwen first before really telling Kiki yeah all the things of how they should go forward yeah <laughs> but Kiki just freaks out right away and is just like why you're not acknowledging we had a last night ah well he needs to get over the fantasy of everything like I still think he's trying to have his cake and eat it too you mm-hmm. know and it's like like he he likes the persona that he's created, that he's comfortable in it. And so when he's, like, outside of that per- persona, it freaks him the fuck out. Like, that's probably why he had a mental breakdown, because he has no idea without this fantasy. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of worrisome that he might think that Kiki is another fantasy. Mm. But I do feel like he did learn. He's he's much more laid back with Kiki. It's so subtle in the acting choices, which... Mm-hmm. Props to John Cusack. Props. But yeah, it's it's there's something going on here yet where he hasn't like fully confronted the fact that he has this fantasy that he ha- isn't willing to let go of yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, yeah, that's why I'm like, there's just something, there's something I'm missing, and it's like with the John Cusack character. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for me, it was just like, oh look, actor. Mm-hmm. Like quintessential crazy antics. Gonna chew on his. Kabbalah root or whatever that was. Okay. His herbs. Mm-hmm. His herbs. He was doing herbs a lot. He was doing lots of herbs. Which, why was it he so like chill then if he was doing all these herbs? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the herbs were working for him. I don't think they were the right kind of herbs. I think somebody gypped him. I think, I he, think he got sold tarragon instead of weed. No, I think he was just like drinking tea, like that sort of herbs, not, not weed. He needed the weed. He needed weed. <laughs> But it was like chamomile, you know? <laughs> no, he needed the weed. Yeah. So where were we? Big freak out. He chases after her. Situation's complicated. So then Julia responds by just stuffing her face full of carbs. Get it, girl. Yeah. Be who you want to be. If that's who you want to eat carbs, eat carbs. Yeah. Like, you can still have a healthy diet and eat carbs, guys. Yeah. And she's talking with Lee and she's like, you know, of course, whatever. It's anything they want for God forbid I think about myself for once, you know. The actors got to have what the actors want. Mm -hmm. And Lee says, well, if you're in love, go for it. Mm -hmm. Clearly you're in love with Eddie. Yep. You should think about yourself. Do it. So then there's some sort of brunch with the press or something, the outside scene. Yeah, they do that. They Mm -hmm. like. They feed them mm-hmm. and try and get good reviews. Yeah, but it's going on a pancakes. little too long with pancakes and yep. mimosas. Mm-hmm. People have had too many mimosas. And are getting touchy. Yeah. Eddie's on the roof. It looks like he's going to jump. Because he's like arms outstretched. <laughs> wind. She's doing blowing. it. She's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Lee goes up on the roof and acts- knocks him off the <laughs> side of the building. Yep. To go tumbling down to the edge of the... Down the terracotta tiles. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I loved this sequence. And then they couldn't get... He's like, I don't have a rope. Oh my God, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't move. And he's like, I don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> so he gets him pulled up by the, the fire hose and 
She's like, why would you trying to kill yourself? He's like, I was just up here to think. You know what I think it is? You know why I think I like this movie so much? What? Because in the romantic comedies that we've been watching, we've been starved for physical comedy. Like, mm. physical comedy has been left out of every rom-com that we've watched mm-hmm. so far. And I think that that's what made the old school one so, like, fantastic because it intermixed... No, it felt old school. Yeah. It definitely felt a lot closer to the ones that I've really enjoyed. So I think maybe that's why I've enjoyed this so much. Yeah, I agree. Then Hal shows up with the movie. <laughs> On a helicopter. Helicopter. So then they have the screening. And it is it is not it is not the time cop movie that they were expecting. <laughs> it plays the first scene and John Cusack walks up in the rain in his long coat and is just like, <sighs> I'm a cop from the future. <laughs> he opens his coat. Like, I want to see that movie. Yeah, really. For realsies. John Cusack, call us. And then uh, it cuts to Hal in his little edit cabin saying, you know, that that movie's all bullshit and here's the real drama. Yeah, he recorded his actors without their knowing. Yep, behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. So it's all the drama. Hidden cameras. I want to know, like, what these hidden cameras were in 2001 that got this, like, movie projector-wise quality. Yeah. Those were some, like, pinhole cameras. Yeah, and had really great audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really want to know. So, of course, the this paints Gwen in a horrible light in front of 300 members of the foreign press. Yeah. Because and- basically she says that she's had an affair mm-hmm. and that she thinks... That Eddie knows now. Yeah. And then she starts talking about Hank Azaria's penis. Yeah. That was very tiny. Very tiny penis. Much the size of a roll of quarters. Mm. So like, yay, yay big. <laughs> yay big. Gwen freaks out. Mm-hmm. Tries to distract the press by saying her and Eddie are actually getting back together. Yay. But then Eddie walks up and says, no. That Gwen is fake. Fake as fuck. And that he loves her sister, Kiki. And everybody in the press is like, (gasps) Triangle! Yep. And Kiki comes up and she's, I don't know. There's a lot of shit that happens right here. (laughs) We've now reached the penis uh, section of the episode. Where have you been? (laughs) Oh, penis jokes. Penis, (laughs) penis, penis. It's such a fun word to say. Like, vagina doesn't have the same, like, Pop. Pop. Pop and circumstance. <laughs> you got anything else, Ashley? <laughs> it pops to attention. Uh, this is our live show. This is it. Yep. We're almost done. With the movie or with penis jokes? We're almost done with the movie. I don't, we'll <laughs> never be done with penis jokes. Okay, good. I'd uh, be sad if you took the penis jokes away from me. No. What all happens in this? So, like, they all have this huge confrontation in front of everybody and even like Gwen is fake and it's just like anything for my sister while she's looking yeah at her audience yeah and then you know bows her way out of there yeah it's like nope gotta get out mm-hmm. out 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 and uh Cusack is just like I'm so grateful for you it's like she's been waiting for someone to be grateful that she's around yeah for forever mm-hmm Probably her whole life. Yeah. So she has someone to love her and they run away and then the movie's going to be a hit. And then the dog again. Oh, the dog. Which we didn't even talk about. No, we didn't talk about the dog licking Billy Crystal's penis. Yep. No, don't 
don't say penis. Okay, out his pants. Yes, his pants area. His pants in his crotch area. Yep. And <laughs> I love the that the last line of the movie is him telling the dog, "I'm sorry, I didn't call." Yeah. And then the dog attacks. The end. The end. I know you didn't enjoy it as much as I did, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it some. That's good. I found it deeply entertaining. That's good. Do you have a a hashtag accurate? The Netflix description was masking a particularly nasty split. A movie star power couple put on a happy face for the press while promoting their latest film. Is that uh, accurate to the movie you watched? Yes and also no. Mm. Like it, it gets the very core like basis of it, but it's not like join like it, it needs a second or a third sentence that just basically says join Julia Roberts, Billy Crystal, Catherine Zeta Jones, and John Cusack on a wild satirical ride. Hmm. So you just want to make it known like the genre. Yes. So what people know what they're getting into. Yes, because I feel like if you go into like any of the 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 rest of it, it kind of takes away its charm. Like I really enjoyed that I didn't know anything about this movie. Cool. Yeah. Like I think people will see the names and will find it enjoyable. That's how I would sell it. I think that's what they're betting on. I mean, it's an all-star cast and cameos, so just why I mean, even if you don't watch the whole thing, just watch the first like 20 minutes of it just so you can see Alan Arkin and his luscious mm, locks. That part was with the leaf. Trey beautiful. I'm good with that. I think I maybe would add like Billy Crystal puppet master. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Are you ready to rate this movie yes. now that we have props? <laughs> yep. Prop humor. Brought to you by the Cutaways Podcast. I'm going to rate this movie two and a half pancakes. Oh, really? Two and a half? I thought you liked it more than that. I was entertained and I was enjoyed. Like, it's not like my favorite romantic comedy ever. Mm-hmm. But I was deeply, I did deeply enjoy it. So, like, the plot is very thin and, you know, there's there's problems with certain things. But okay. I felt like it flowed and was definitely better than the last movie that we watched by this editor, uh, What Women Want. And mm-hmm. this actually, like, had really good pacing and it kept going. There yeah. were no, like, long pauses. Yeah. I also give it a two and a half. I'll give it two and a half herbal supplements. <laughs> herbs. Herbs. Some herbs. Some herbs. Not herbs, because if it was herbs, he'd be getting the weed. Yeah. We got mailbag. We got mail. So here's our mail from Kelly Kaufman, who we had previously on our Bring It On episode. She's from the Bad Feminists Film Club. Film Club. Uh, the title is clipped off, but it starts off film criticism and romance. Romantic comedies? Uh, romantic comedies, sure. I think. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. We will never know because iTunes is shit. <laughs> <laughs> From those of you who want insight, commentary on romantic comedies, then this podcast is for you. The hosts have the film background that offers a unique perspective on rom-coms, and it's always refreshing to hear from a woman's perspective. Not only that, but Ashley and Justine are fun hosts who mix in humor and sometimes singing. It's great. <gasps> we should have sang it. Sometimes singing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I read too fast. I wasn't like thinking. <laughs> oh, I feel like a horrible cutaway. <laughs> I went off brand. Oh, my God. Oh, Sam no. Don't tell Sam. Melody. Don't tell Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley went off brand. I went off brand. Fucking hell.
That's not off-brand for me. <laughs> no. I like Kelly. I talked to her a bunch. She's cool. Kelly was fun on our episode. Mm-hmm. I have no time to listen to other podcasts at the moment because I'm I'm assisting on they a television just, show. They just started their new season. <gasps> new season. season. Go see. Go listen to it. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll listen to it when you know I have a life in August. Anyway. Anyway. So next time on this crazy wild podcast, we're going to be watching 2001's Serendipity. January to complete January. Yeah, that is the completion of January. You're excited for you. You've been wanting me to watch this for a really long time too. Yep. Not as much as High Fidelity, but close. No, and I'm kind of sad that we didn't get to watch it at Christmas. It's kind of Christmassy. It's a Christmas movie. Yeah, well, we're out of the Christmas depression, so it might help. Okay. 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 It might it might make us you know more more adept to what it's trying to say. I think you'll like it. Okay. Well, if you like this podcast, why not become a patron? Like Jaslyn! Like Jaslyn! (laughs) (laughs) Who's been watching us live for a very long time. Very long time. (laughs) This has been a very long live show. Yeah, we appreciate you checking in and hanging out with us. (laughs) Even though, like, on the inside, we're like, we wish we could edit this. Yeah. (laughs) yeah um but if you'd like to become a patron please support the cutaways podcast at patreon.com slash cutaways podcast you can also find all of this information and more at our website thecutaways.com and you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram as at cutaways podcast if you find an australian band that is not us (laughs) that is not us we have sparkles and cute colors and cartoon versions of ourselves all over our social media so that's us not australia you can please leave us comments rate us and subscribe to us on apple podcasts stitcher or your favorite podcatcher oh i made it through that time without fucking up po- uh, <laughs> apple podcasts oh my god i always fuck that one up justine is all about that social media yo yep so that's the end of this movie and episode the movie's already been over <laughs> We can end the goddamn episode whenever we want. I get more cursy on live. <laughs> you do. I think I've said fuck like six times. I feel like you've said it more than six times. Okay, I probably said it more like 12 times, but I was undercounting. Undercounting? Yeah. Undercounting and overcompensating. Yep. That's my, you know, my goal in life. Well, thanks to everyone for listening, joining us in our little blanket fort yep. all over the world. It's been nice. It's been fun. We'll see you next time. We'll, we'll probably, you know, consider doing this again one day when the anxiety settles down. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Aw, thank you. Thank you. Because we're getting older. <laughs> Justine <laughs> is already a ghost, according to rom-coms. <laughs> ghost Justine. Give that. All right, that's it for us. Thanks for joining us in our blanket fort. We had lots of fun. We hope you did too. Bye! Hey, Linda. Hey, Louise. What's wrong? Well, I love podcasts, but I need a new one. Do you know if there are anywhere two sweetie sisters talk about movies from the 80s and 90s that shape their childhood existence? And also that have a cat that makes a ruckus in the background? Do I? Let me tell you a podcast I started listening to you called Large Marge Sent Us. 
two sisters break down classic 80s and 90s movies like The Princess Bride, Neverending Story, and Pee-wee's Big Adventure. They even did a whole month dedicated to Fred Savage flicks. Wow, I love Fred Savage. Where can I get this magical podcast? You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or Google Play. You can also follow them on Twitter, at The Sweetie Club. And don't forget to tell them, Large Marge sent you to this podcast. <laughs>